Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome in, everyone, to the PHNX Rising Podcast. Nice to see everyone on this beautiful Thursday. Hope you like the upgrades to my room here. We're no longer in the dungeon of darkness. That's not your I... room. That's why, Max. It's okay. not your room. What? You don't have a giant exit sign in your room, Owen? All right. Well, I'm actually remodeling my entire place i thought you would like what i've done with the place but clearly not anyway i am it's also disturbed. i can i can i can even see state farm stadium in the back there max oh okay. man maybe i just got a nice uh, apartment it. view what you what you want from me all right well owen blew my cover i am here in the lovely bowels of the bed mgm sportsbook at state farm stadium but of course i am max simpson i can never get through my intro without being interrupted by the one and only mr owen evans how are we doing today I mean, you keep you keep making me intervene, Max. I'm sorry. I'm putting it on you. I'm putting it on you. I'm putting it on you. Oh my goodness! All righty. Well, we have quite a lot to get into today. Uh, Definitely some. Fun U.S. men's national team stuff later on in the uh, and Mexico uh, recap later in the show. Of course, with some updates from the team. But first and foremost. Got a match on Saturday. Got a match on our hands with San Antonio FC. How are we feeling, Owen? I have no idea what to expect in that game. <laughs> We're going straight in. We're going straight in, like off the cold. Okay, how's it going to be? I... Look at it this way: if USL made sense, there'll be a lot of things that didn't don't happen. Rising wouldn't have done the double over them last year. Uh, mm-hmm. despite the fact that Rising had a pretty atrocious season and San Antonio wound up as champions. Loudoun United wouldn't have put three on Birmingham Legion last weekend. There's a lot of things that just do not make sense in this league. Let's be clear about that. Yeah. They just do not make sense. And no matter a- any effort of... I, I mean, yeah. we're about to delve into it, but no matter what we do delving into it, there's an element of this league that just will not make sense. I, I think it is in a it's a topsy turvy league uh, for sure this year, so to speak. Well, let's get a bit into. But also, for, before I do that, I actually want to shout out people in the chat. A pretty pretty active chat we got going on. Uh, people, you know, lots of sports going on. Appreciate you guys making the time with us. Of course, good buddy Thomas can't beat the unbridled optimism. I will also match his uh, indomitable human spirit. Got goalie man. Pat uh, shouting out Max in the cafeteria. Well, maybe that's because I be eating. Oh, yeah. And then we got Harry, of course, uh, you know, chirping us and doing whatnot. But appreciate everyone being here. All righty. Let's look at San Antonio's run of form. You know, if you actually take out last match, they played a 1-0 defeat to Louisville City, which is no slouch in their own right. They're at quite a blistering form. In fact, unbeaten before that loss. So, you know, Owen, these two teams enter in with definitely different mindsets rising from what we've seen with them. We say it all the time, regardless of the results, they seem to get better match over match. Something certainly to improve on, but the results slowly, in a way, has come from it, but have been inconsistent. Meanwhile, San Antonio, it seems like they've been pretty consistent long, but then you have last week where they did come up short. Does that impact how these two teams should approach this match? Um, that's an interesting one. Um, you, you're right to point out, I think, that Phoenix Rising are improving, broadly speaking, week on week. Now, it was something that Babu brought up this uh, today in training, Babu Kajai, that, look, there was a lot of frustration still after last week's match for Phoenix Rising. There was a lot of frustration with the fact that this is a team that, went out there and yes did they dominate yes but at the end of the day do you want to play pretty football or do you want to win they've got to learn how to be more lethal in the uh in the final third they've got to actually get things done when they make it get the ball up there and they it's it wasn't what we saw last week um Something in particular, a point of emphasis that Babu said that they've been focusing on training is making sure that, that broadly speaking, um, their attacks are going to end with goal kicks, corner kicks, or throw-ins. There's not a lot of desire to allow a team, especially a team like San Antonio, that's willing to go quite direct to catch you in those transitional moments, to allow them to actually have those transitional moments. Uh, The idea is you better be quick on there, make sure you're hot on it to make sure that ball is out of play if you're going to give it up. 
because you don't want to let them in open play with you getting caught out of position, caught in, in awkward spots, and them going up the field with a lot of speed. Jordan Farr, of course, a guy who knows how to launch a ball quite accurately further upfield. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's a point of emphasis for them this week, and it's something that they're working hard in. 100%. No, and, and I mean, it's something where... When you have the pedigree that they do, they definitely pose a formidable threat and definitely carrying over some of those guys from the championship winning squad who, um, yeah, I mean, we'll call it what it is. They are standout performers at what they do. Definitely, you know, no, by no means perfect players, but I mean, there's a reason why they have been the class of the Western Conference dating back to last season and even into to now. I mean, I see Harry's, Harry's uh, comment in the chat. They have not lost back-to-back matches since 2020. That's... Uh, quite the omen you're putting out there would be a be a a real shame if that were to happen uh uh on saturday but i mean we touched touch you touched on a bit who are some of the uh key performers you would like to highlight i'm gonna start by pointing out one of the top goal scorers who's also conveniently a defender in lamar batista Mm -hmm. uh the guy's already got two goals this season so that's definitely not to be sniffed at off a pretty low xg as well you look at it it's less than 0.2 so he's not exactly getting easy opportunities at the same time in the back line you look at him and he's winning around about three quarters of all the tackles he's getting into he's winning around about three quarters of all the aerial jewels that he's getting into Mm -hmm. yeah yeah he's someone i would point to I like that. How we and you mentioned him a bit earlier. I mean, Jordan Farr. How we? Uh, you think he's still maintaining the nice form from last year? The uh, the the keeper of the the year, uh, if the memory serves me correctly. I. I mean, the, the other point, by the way, that I, I forgot to mention on Lamar Batista, yeah. of course, former Phoenix Rising Loney. Um, but Jordan Farr, yeah, I I've never been. It's not that I I think he's a bad goalkeeper by any mm-hmm. stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. I've always been of the opinion that maybe on times he gets a little bit overhyped, um, and and that's something that happens a lot, I think, with teams that a lot of teams do well, and people say, look at the goalkeeper, look at the clean sheets they're keeping. Um, to me, often, it, it, it's a weird when You'll find a lot of the better goalkeepers sometimes play on worse teams. Mm-hmm. Um, they concede more goals because the sheer amount of shots they, they take on them. Um, it's, it's Yeah, that's a lot harder to deal with. It's harder to be a goalkeeper for a mediocre or mid-table team than it is to be a goalkeeper for a top team. Look, I think Jordan Farr's got an awful lot of talent. Um, I think that... He's definitely going to approach this game from a very different uh, mm-hmm. approach than Rocco Rios Novo in a lot of ways. Um, again, as I said, Rocco Rios Novo, yes, he's often involved in the build-up play for Phoenix Rising, uh, mm-hmm. but his build-up play involvement is usually short. He's looking for distribution among that back line, and you compare that with a guy like Jordan Farr, who is, look, they're, they're long balls, they're, they're a little bit better than just long balls. I will be completely fair to him in saying that. They are often quite targeted, and they they, they are how some of those attacks kind of ultimately begin. Um, you look at some of the numbers that he gets. You know, How many goalkeepers do you necessarily expect to be tallying uh, expected assists? Well, Jordan Farr does. Yeah, that's... Uh... Not quite something we've uh, we've seen, but I think even right, you talked about a bit how you, this team, the San Antonio, they're not afraid to be a bit more direct. They're not afraid to go at a team. And you mentioned something to me earlier in the week how they really don't mind if Rising has a bit of the ball, something that we have seen. A couple of Rising opponents take that same approach, and Rising has had varying bits, degrees of success with these um, opponents. How do you feel that San Antonio matches up it regarding, let's say, some of the other opponents Rising has faced. Again, I mentioned that they were really the class of the Western Conference so far, but is there a possible blueprint to follow? It's a good question. Um, I, I think that it's, it's going to be a tricky one. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure there is a clear blueprint, really, because this team is a smart team. The other thing about them is that they're very hard to judge week from week because there's been so much turnover with the fact that you've got players who are not fit, you've got players who are 
you know, I mean, it's not a deep squad. Um, you saw the number of academy kids that they ultimately had in uh, the Open Cup game. And, and they were all registered. They were all registered first-team players, technically, yeah. um, because that's where the team is in terms of depth. They, they don't have a huge amount in there. And and when they suffer from an injury crisis now, like they did last year as well, actually, early doors, and, and Rising managed to take advantage of that last year, uh, then I, I think that that's something that, from from Rising's perspective, mm-hmm. I don't know, may, maybe you, you manage to take advantage of it again now, but it's... It's tough to really, I think, have a blueprint on how to beat this side because, again, they are a high-pressing side that at the same time are not very possession-based. Look, you have to try and keep the the channels closed off in the way that, that Rising did against Monterey Bay. You have to do that better than they did against Monterey Bay, and that's not they did a bad job against Monterey Bay. You just have to do it better. Again, this is the defending league champions for a reason. Um, and so... Hey, it's. <sighs> it will be a full squad to Harry's point here, yes, but that's because they're bringing guys in. They're bringing guys in. They're utilizing these twenty-five day contracts, of which you are allowed. I know some people have been asking here how, how many of them are allowed. Uh, two, actually, at, at a time, um, and that's why some guys have had to be brought in on loan signings or, or other kind of moves like that. But it's. It's going to be an interesting one. And, and again, that's the thing. They change week to week. So really knowing quite what to expect. And same with Phoenix do. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I got you. Well, I mean, if I'm recalling correctly, you did actually have a chance to hear from some rising players on their thoughts on San Antonio specifically. Yeah, so let's have a listen now, actually, to... Uh, I'll tell you what, we'll start with Babakar Jai, uh, just mm-hmm. talking about kind of how to take on San Antonio yeah I think that's the challenge we need you know we have a very great group of guys and very talented people so we need this kind of challenge to send a big message in the league I think what we need more is to match their energy because they're going to come with intensity for me it's personal against them I've been playing with against them since I started my pro career and I know how it is I know how it is to play against them and what it requires to be on that field to finish 90 minutes against those those people so winning that game will be a really big thing for us as well. Hmm. He, he mentions personal there. He mentioned personal quite a bit, actually, when we were speaking about San Antonio. This is a game that he takes quite personally. I mean, of course, a former IGV player. Um, mm-hmm. So he's got a bit of that uh, Texas link in there. But he's he seems really up for this game, really up for this game. And it's important that he is, given where Phoenix Rising is more broadly. I love that. Well, no, it's, it's a bit of a renewed momentum. And I know we'll, you know, talk a bit uh, as well of how kind of the last year's performances, even though there's not as many holdover players, still kind of motivates the team. It still kind of shows you that even if you're a player coming in who maybe wasn't on the squad last season, that still carries weight of, hey, we had their number twice last year, even in a down season. That's something that it kind of motivates you a bit. Yeah, yeah. And it's... Look, I, I just <laughs> jumping time. Here's all the uh, the Babu hate comes into the chat now. The jumping tackling coming. Babu gonna get sent off. Okay, but yeah, I mean, as a team, I think it was something they managed to. I, I mean, there was a point last year where I believe Phoenix Rising were the only team to beat San Antonio, mm-hmm. and they'd done it twice. Mm-hmm. It, it's. It's definitely going to be, I think, a little bit of bad blood there. Because, look, again, San Antonio parade all this champions like stuff out on this game. Yet they're doing it against the only team they couldn't beat in their, their championship season. The only team that actually did the double over them. Um, and so I, I'm intrigued by that. I'm sure on San Antonio's side, there's going to be an element of wanting to set the record straight. And yet... I, I don't know. Phoenix Rising are moving in the right direction, clearly. They they had a team last week who tested them in terms of their willingness to go direct. Again, it's a different kind of test this week, but still we'll see. 100%. Well, 
you know, yeah, it's definitely going to be a test. I mean, whenever you have this team come in, we keep on saying it, but it's just the fact of the matter. But, you know, I am curious, right, because we did hear, we kind of brought up the um, kind of blueprint question a bit, and we mentioned a bit on Tuesday of, like, like, flirting with the idea of, is that Monterey match a blueprint for them? And I heard that you got some intel from Juan about his thoughts on that comparison. Yeah, let's listen to that now. Juan talking about kind of the differences between Monterey Bay and San Antonio. At the end of the day, the, the, the games are winning in, in the two 18s. It's how, how do you defend in your 18 and, and what do you do in the opponent's 18. Last game, I believe, we were very, very good in between both of those. We, we dominated the game. We dominated possession. We controlled the game how we wanted to control it. But we lacked a bit of that... Um, I mean, the, the, that intensity of that in the final third, the, the braveness to just take challenges, 1v1s, wall passes, balls in the box, shooting from distance as well. If a team is just going to sit in two lines of four very deep, maybe they're giving you space to, to shoot from distance. So these are things that we worked uh, on the week differently than, than Monterey and, and respecting Mon Mon Monterey a lot is that San Antonio is going to, they're going to press. They, they, they take pride on that. They take pride in not giving teams time and space on the ball. They take time on, pride on, on going at people and being intense. And, I mean, they they, they, they even, I mean, they, they call themselves the mentality monsters, right? So it's it's going to be it's gonna be a battle. It's going to be a battle for us. And, I mean, Monterrey kind of sat a bit deeper, just like you said, they absorb pressure. San Antonio absorbs pressure on the box, right? But, but then higher up the field, they're going to press us. And... You guys know us by now. We have a, a clear identity, and an identity doesn't shift regardless if we play at home or we play away. So we're going to go over there to do our game plan, to, to, to stay loyal to our identity. And we're putting together uh, a full week of work where we challenge, where we demand, where we push the players to keep getting better at the things that we need to improve, to strength the things that we're, that we're doing well. And we want to go to San Antonio to win. 100%. No, oh, go, go ahead. You know what's what's actually, and I think here's here's something I'll I'll toss out a little bit as a you're talking about the blueprint earlier. Let's talk a little bit about their loss to to Loose City last weekend. Mm -hmm. um, Louisville was heavily focusing on the wings in that mm -hmm. game, really heavily. We're talking less than twenty percent of their attacks going up the middle. Everything was Ooh. wing based. They created only four chances, and so yes, they win. But it wasn't really a big chance creator for them to to try and go mm. in that way. Now, Rising doesn't attack quite in the same way down those wings, does it? Yes, there's pace. You've got Uzo on the one side. You've got presumably, uh, and again, we're guessing here. We aren't quite certain what Juan is going to plan to do in the absence of Gabby Torres. But you've got probably Babu on the other on the other side mm -hmm. of the pitch. Um, that's that's very different from. I, I I just don't think that they're going to go quite as wing based as as we saw Louisville last weekend. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And I think it's kind of the balance of what he said: of you are looking to play your strengths and not necessarily go off of what the opponent's doing. But you also have to kind of res you know you want to play your game and you want to take it to them. But it is a bit of that gamesmanship of you have to be able to play situational football and know and where the matchup is. So, I mean, I think, he's, you know, I agree with one. It's saying all the right things. It's finding the balance of it. Um, you also just have to strike that balance on the pitch, especially when, when we talk about it, uh, San Antonio, they are replenishing their squad. They did bring on a, a couple new players and you have a highlight on one of them. Yeah, yeah. So one of those players, actually, we spoke a little bit about this on Tuesday. San Antonio, one of those new players they just brought in, Jorge Hernandez, I did ask Juan about what he thought about that addition. Let's have a listen. Cleverness, awareness in between the lines, being able to turn and, and then playing players that are making runs to spaces. Uh, they're a team that, I mean, San Antonio can stretch you if you, if you, if, if you're, I mean, I don't want to use the word if you're afraid of them, but if you respect them too much and, and then you stretch because you're, you're just waiting for that direct long ball, they can stretch you. And if you're stretched versus San Antonio, they're going to win that second ball. It's going to go. Now, if that ball for San Antonio lands on a player like Jorge, this guy has a, has a good vision to go forward and, and can pick a pass, can also go at people and dribble. And lastly, I think in, in set pieces, we all know his left foot. How, how clean it is and how sharp it is on set pieces. So I think it's a it's a very good pickup for them. And and I'll be very also interested to see how 
how he uses him in a, in a style that it's it's a bit a lot different than him. But we've seen it with Parano and with technical players in the past in San Antonio that they still find a way to being able to utilize him. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, that's um, what he describes. Sounds like a pretty dynamic player there. Uh, I do want to shout out, by the way, well, before. No, no surprise. Oh, yes. I was going to say on Hernandez, no surprise, yeah. because again, as we, right. as we said on Tuesday, you see, look at the chances he created, the fact that he was averaging three mm-hmm. chances created with LA Galaxy 2. No surprise there. Love that good old chance creation. Uh, and speaking of chances, appreciate you, Harry, with the $10 super chat. What a guy. Rivals this week, but love the work of Max and Owen and everyone behind the scenes. That is incredibly kind of you, especially on a rivalry week. But we will save the trash talk that we further had for you for another time. <laughs> but no, on the, on the hey, if, if, if rising yeah. win, if rising win on Saturday, I'm afraid that you may not want to hop into this show. That's after the that's game. fair, but all, I mean, if San Antonio, everyone else wins, should. Do we, wanna, <laughs> do we wanna hop in on this? Show? No, I guess we oh, have no. To, but no, yeah, we, we, appre- we appreciate the super. Yeah, we do. We appreciate the super chat. Thank you very much. I will take that ten dollars. I'm gonna go to my friends at Circle K, baby. You know it. You got the Polar Pops. I've been drinking them every single darn day. Literally got got one on the way back from the U.S. Mexico match. Last night, you know it. It's all good stuff. They got the energy drinks, all that good iced coffee. You guys already know it. Do me a favor. If you haven't already, I want you guys to text PHNX to 31310. They are going to be doing an awesome giveaway, another one with us very shortly. Last one, as you guys know, it was a $500 fuel card. So do it. me a favor, PHNX at 31310. Do that because they're going to be coming out with some great stuff and don't miss out on anything else. Head to circlek.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. What it, yeah, I see uh, oh, a little smile on your end. Of course, I can only imagine. Look, oh, okay, Pat, look what you did here. You made Max do a transition. I mean, listen, man, I'm going to use the $10 and, and, by way, I mean, that was a pretty smooth transition, I like to say. You know, really goes down smooth, just like nice. my friends at Four Peaks, baby. Oh, you're not going to interrupt me during this one, my guy. Great old Four Peaks always goes down smooth. We're already doing the um, the NFL Draft Day Live on April 27th. For those of you who have gotten your tickets, we're looking forward to seeing you guys there at their A-Straight Pub. Uh, you guys must be 21 years or older to enjoy some Four Peaks responsibly. They got that Redbird Lager. They got all that kind of stuff. The Cardinals are going to be uh, doing the whole uh, uniform little looksy looksy. So if you guys are Cardinals fans, check out PHNX underscore Cardinals. Shout out to our friends Bo and Johnny there as well. And then, yes, the information for the draft party. Let's go. All right. Well, I appreciate the work on that producer, Sean. Um, let's get into a bit of how we wanted to talk about this show because there are a bit of injuries that we have to discuss and unfortunately notably we all saw it on saturday it uh, is a pretty one that kind of shocked us like oh uh is mr gabby torres yeah it, it was it was definitely a concern when we saw him go down uh in that last game um shortly after the break not ideal in any sense uh it was something that juan immediately pretty much kind of pointed to and said i think it might be an mcl issue it turns out it is um that was confirmed today he was off doing his stretching and kind of small exercises by himself in training um he's expected to be out for a few weeks so it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a little spell without him here um hopefully it remains a little spell doesn't become a long spell. Hopefully the recovery goes well. Um, but yes, as Thomas says here, he can't have a healthy squad ever. That's how it feels. Um, and that's something yeah. that we've actually had expressed to us, actually, um, by people within the club. I know, Max, you were alongside me as that was being said. It's just the the constant kind of frustration that yeah. every time you think as a team you're making a, a comeback, you know, I mean... Fede Varela, Emil Cuejo, both expected maybe not this weekend. We're not sure. The hope from Juan was that they were going to be in a position to hopefully be able to judge that just before they leave tomorrow. Um, uh, uh, But at the same time, then you've got Gabby Torres out for several weeks. So it's 
not ideal um and it doesn't help yeah. it doesn't help when you're a team that's trying to to get its footing in this new identity this new style of play and try and learn how to bounce back here and yet at the same time having to deal with all of this you know different players dropping at every moment and it's it's always it feels like a good number of them are key players as well gabby torres we've seen the the things that he can do. We saw him last year. I mean, that's something that I know we posted on Twitter earlier um, was Juan saying that, look, one of the main things about Gabby is he knows the system. He was here at the end of last year. Um, I, I'll also say to be fair in here, actually, Michael Thomas, both saying here is Juan, like, you know, Juan is not using it as an excuse and he's not yeah. everything that you hear from him. He's not using it as an excuse, but there's still that slight, you know, frustration i think with just the fact this team feels in some ways maybe a little bit cursed on the injury front yeah which is under which is understandable and i think the thing too is you know it's never great when you lose consistent performers either in your starting 11 or in your squad which all these players are and you know i'm not here saying you know defenders or midfielders or attackers are more valuable than the other but it doesn't help when a lot of these guys who are going down those are your chance creators and we've already seen rising i have a bit of difficulty finishing as it is when you have a gabby torres go down who is responsible for numerous assists on the season when you still have injured you know players like an emmy Quejo or a fetty varela like it doesn't make it any easier and it's fortunate you know it is cool next man up and we have seen some guys come in who you know the the standard maybe doesn't completely drop off but it is something that you are missing if not your out and out starters guys who play a good chunk of minutes so that's a very tough thing to overcome as a team no matter who you are it is but the the impression that i've been getting and look i've said kind of throughout the preseason even through till now this team feels like broadly speaking it's a team that's together um Mm. they seem to be getting on well with each other they seem to be happy enough um that was interesting actually that babu gave us a little bit of a kind of a peek just listening to what he said earlier and he, he said to us at the training ground today that you know, perhaps this season the, the players maybe are, are buying into this system a little bit more than they ever really did last season, um, and and that's that's big, that's big. And I think we we knew there were big issues last year um, around. I think the, the players didn't always like there was r- various rifts in the dressing room. It was pretty clear. I know I spoke about it quite a bit last year. Um, Things just weren't right in that team in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. If this squad genuinely, as as Babu is suggesting now, have really bought in to the kind of football that Juan is trying to implement, the fact that Juan is, you know, very much the emphasis. You speak to any players and and they'll tell you, well, look, everything that Juan always says is it's all about performance. It's never really about results necessarily at this stage in the season it's about performance um, and making sure they mm-hmm. learn how to do the various things in the game model that that he wants them to do um i think that that is it's a good sign it's a good sign it's a good sign i think of a squad that hopefully will prove more resilient than last year um again at times last year it felt like once the team started to face adversity in some ways they were done or they would rely on one or two players to pick them up out of that position. Um, if, if they're really buying into this system, that's quite a bit different. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. And, you know, going off of what Michael's advice, it is the power of friendship really is the key differentiator in this matchup and in any matchup it can weather any sort of storm there but no on the real it's um it is it is interesting to see and hear how a team kind of bounces back from this especially so early on in the season and you're fighting for your place especially when you're facing top rivals and everything like that so uh yeah go figure there um i did see that you also had a chance to talk to Juan about a bit of load management, which of course doesn't help with the injury front of things, but they have quite yeah. a few games coming up here in the next week and a half. They do. And you know what? The question's still in the video clip. It was kind of needed to give the right context. So I'm mm. just going to toss it over to this clip now about me bringing up a certain rival of rising to the East in New Mexico United. Obviously, it's going to be a very busy week with a midweek fixture next week as well. Um, 
I know you're going to say that you focus on every single game, but the fans are going to look at that New Mexico game, especially with everything that happened last season and, and want to see a result, particularly in that match. Are you going to approach that perhaps with more of a first team or more of a rotated team? We're going to approach every game the same way. I promise you. It's, I, I, I told you at the end of the day, Owen, I, I know what New Mexico versus Phoenix is. I, I understand it very, very well. And even when I wasn't part of the organization, when whatever happened last year, I was bothered and I wasn't here. I wasn't representing this organization. So with that, I just... I hope I gave you the answer of, of the importance of, of that match. Obviously, we're thinking one game at a time, and we have to go to San Antonio first and make sure that we get the job done in a very hostile environment and in many, many ways and aspects. But then after that is we go to New Mexico, and we want to make sure that I mean we can do the things that we do at home. We can be go over there and, and, and be a good team, put together a good game plan that leads to a very good result that our fan base is going gonna, is gonna to enjoy very much and, and also a lot of kids that are not here right now can enjoy it from whenever they're watching. Layers like an onion in that answer. I'm just saying, you start off with the, the side of things talking about, look, I understand what happened last year. And you kind of just listen to that and think, okay, he, he's, he's giving the diplomatic answer here. But he gets it, and he's hinting at that. Oh, yeah. But yeah, he he gets it. Then you get to the end of that answer, and it's to talk about hoping to you know quote put together a good game plan that leads to a very good result that our fan base is going to enjoy very much, and also a lot of kids that aren't here right now can enjoy it from wherever <laughs> they're watching. I wonder what he's alluding to there. I wonder mm. what. Gee, I wonder. Mm, oh, mm. No idea, dude, but give me a brick wall so I can run through it. That is like, that's a very, it is a very layered contextual answer of like, you're saying, he is saying the diplomatic answer, but also like, there's a lot to that. And we know. If you know, he, you know. If you, if know, you know, you know. You know, baby. I love it. Well, you got, you got the chat. I'm glad the chat talking I'm, here. The I'm, revenge tour a little bit. There we go. I'm, I'm, I glad of, I'm glad, though, that that's coming up because that's something that I think uh, after everything that happened last season, and we'll, we'll get into this, I'm sure, next week. We're going to have, sure. obviously, a show before the Open Cup game next week. I, I'm glad about that because it was one of those things where you always wonder, look, I know ultimately Juan gets it. How do you transfer that information to the squad? How do you make it clear as well to them that, look, everything that happened last year – we need to think about that when you have a team that hasn't been there that hasn't mm. been in that position because a lot of this squad is brand new yeah and i think to hear that from the head coach to hear those those kind of comments like alluding to it making it clear yeah i'm thinking about it um i, I think that it, it's a very good sign. That's a Harry's question here. Do we think that he rotates the squad question. for San Antonio yeah. then with the injuries? I doubt he pushes him for San Antonio. I would tend, tend to agree that I think personally, Emil Cuejo and Fede Varela will not feature on the field against yep. San Antonio. I think that yep. they will be, as he kind of mentioned the other day, uh, earlier today, sorry. Um, if it's not for Saturday, They'll be Wednesday. They'll be ready to go on Wednesday. I would tend yep. to lean towards Wednesday. I think that in a week like this, you're probably pushing them. If they do travel to San Antonio, I expect they'll be on the bench. Maybe you get a very small run out, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And I think it's one of those things, especially gives them some more time to heal, to rest up. But I, you know, it is a, it's an interesting one. And I, I get it as a diplomatic answer, but I also think like, I, I get what you're saying. You got to approach every match with that intensity. And even if you do, you know, you do prioritize and you value open cup, even if San Antonio is a top team and you're going to their environment, I mean, I certainly don't think this is a match that rising is going to look to shy away from or put anyone out there. That's not their top squad. I guess we will have to wait until the lineup drops, but I think this is definitely something where you have to plan for both, but you got to deal with what's in front of you. He, I, I think he's absolutely right. And you know, you have to yeah. be able to take it to big dogs. Let's call it what it is like, this is a statement match, even for the guys who have not been there last year. 
you don't even think you need that. You just need the motivation of you beat not only who's in front of you, but you're beating the class of the West where, knock on wood, you're making it towards playoffs and with a higher seating. This is someone who you very well could face come that end of the season. It is. I'm just hopeful, I think, that given those answers, we could be looking at something that I, I think I've often kind of said and has often been a critique I had of this team when they were playing under Rick Chance. In that I, I'd be hopeful that what we're going to see out of them is more than treat rotation as a process rather yeah. than as an event. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with swapping a couple of players out every game and, and making sure that you've got a squad that's maintaining the load that they ultimately can can manage. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem comes when you try and swap eight players out in one go. That's where Agreed. the issue comes. You know, you've got Agreed. to be smart. You've got to plan how you're going to do this. And I, I think that that's the, the, probably the right way. I mean... Again, just looking at what happened last year. I mean, Thomas is in there. He flat out is saying now in the thing about New Mexico, I want to dog them for what they did to those kids. I, I say, <laughs> say, say, save it for the Tuesday show. Save, save a lot of that for, for the, the Tuesday, Tuesday show. show. Don't, you worry. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. We'll, I'm we'll, sure we'll, we'll, be, we'll be speaking about that again on Tuesday. No, whatever could we be talking about? No, but on the real, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's definitely a balance for sure as we say well i get it you want to dog at them to do with those kids something that i think you definitely cannot involve your kids in is our friends at ogs you can't do that because you must be 21 years or older to participate in ogs and we love what they do right we were out at buds of palooza last week uh i just saw them at a little uh 420 um action at the partaking in the local dispensaries um out there see that they're well represented and they just dropped their first commercial day we gotta love it they're doing great things out there so again check out our friend at ogsbrands.com that's o-g-e-e-z brands.com for all the fun stuff they got going on again don't bring your kids because it must be 20 years or older to enjoy responsibly oh i think you're like youtube keeps getting hacked because like someone is just saying like do i log off if mac i know you would never say something like that but we appreciate devin of course oh geez on 420 it is holiday those who celebrate i appreciate it we all know and you know when you know you got to go and you got to go to Valley Tap Room because our friends there, they're doing all the kinds of good stuff. You know, oh, and we talk about it on Tuesday, but they're doing karaoke from until 10 p.m. on Saturday. Again, for those of you doing the math at home, our post game is going to end around give or take, you know. I don't know what if, if I'm doing the math, it's somewhere around uh, 8.30 or so, whatever. So you're going to have some time. To get your butt on down to Valley Tap Room, and uh, you know if you uh, put in some song requests, Owen, you know maybe he'll zoom in or Facetime in and uh, do some karaoke. Ain't that right, O? I would be very impressive given I'm going to be in San Antonio doing the post game show, it's, then have to get back in. to downtown San Antonio. Time in. Oh, this I don't guy. think so. Somehow, I don't think so. But I do right. hear that Max may be going there and might be willing to sing some songs. If uh, the chat drops some song recommendations, uh, I might partake. Devin, thank you. I do have a lovely voice. I call the songbird of my generation. So, yeah, yeah drop well, drop your song recommendations for Max to sing, song requests. Make them, for Max make them to credible. Sing in the yeah, don't, make them no, good. Make, make them, them good. Awful. I don't see. Really test his for... vocal range, please. I want I to hear for... him. Oh I, got ran... oh, I got range, damn it. But hey, check them out. We'll see you guys there at Valley Tap room off the 202 and gilbert dear gosh neon moon you both of you thomas and michael with the new <laughs> dear gosh at the same time that was actually like it's almost like they coordinated that uh well let's swiftly move away from baby that. shark get- no Devin, it's not new mexico yet dude, not dude, new mexico dude, yet no i can't Nico i can't Brett do that song. Yeah, let's yeah, let me let me absolutely pivot away from that before we get into third segment we're going to talk about us mexico you know what it is, buddy? It's score prediction time. Oh, I need yeah, score, predictions. score predictions. I need score predictions. Not only from you, but from everyone in the chat. But Owen, throwing it over to you. Give me a score prediction. Here we go. Mm. One all. Oh wow. Go oh, one one. one you okay? The U.S. Mexico match kind of rubbing off on you like last night's. Okay, one one draw. I'm Bendy. Okay, Bendy's Bluebird one one as well. The connection. I like that. Three one. Uh, Harry two, says the three. <laughs> okay. Harry, okay, giving rising a goal, 3-1. Mikey with a 3-0 to rising. Thomas with a 2-1 rising win. I mean, listen, the aggregate, it's a team. 
Squad from last year, that's a 5-0 aggregate. Pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. Andrew Baker. Oh, hello, Andrew. A 2-1 Phoenix. Devin, 1-0 rising. I don't normally do this, and it might be sacrilegious on the show, but I'm actually going to agree with Owen. I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw rising. It seems they got the good momentum. Um, wow, they'd be pretty hard-pressed to knock off San Antonio at home and uh, to Harry's point have them drop two matches uh, for the first time in a couple of years. But you know what? I'm going to go 1-1, one, one, uh, see what happens. But, yeah, give me that. And I think that's a very solid result, especially knowing what's ahead. It would be. All, it would be. Yes, absolutely. Well, we were both at the match last night. Uh, actually, literally, like, right – right over there like it's kind of crazy i'm already back here again um but yeah we were there in different capacities you were there um doing a pretty good job of uh covering and being very official and diplomatic and well i was being diplomatic uh with the fans and uh drinking beverages <laughs> but uh no how was your time how was your time out there uh it's i'll say this now actually it's a very awkward stadium in some ways state farm stadium just the press box no no seriously seriously yeah. now the press box like the glass is so thick that you just feel it so is. detached you it feel does. just you detached from yeah. the game that's going outside and so especially when you've got a first half like that first half uh yesterday your, your attention starts to wander and then you kind of forget yep. that you're at a football game sometimes and the game's going on because uh, you don't yeah. hear the atmosphere. You don't get to soak it all in um, in the way that you, you want to in a game like that. You've got 50,000 fans. Uh, I saw someone in our Discord earlier uh, saying 70-30 Mexico. I think that's incredibly generous to the US. Yeah, I think it was, the too. They had that much there. Um, but it, you want to be able to soak up that atmosphere. It's why it's so so enjoyable to be around games like that. But, hey, they still we still got to see a... Uh, a game i'm not sure i'd call it a good game but it you're was right a game. You know, no i'm gonna stop you're right no you're right we didn't you wouldn't call it a good game because you called it a great game i was that was something that was absolutely something i think the crowd was I two I will go shots your... in the first half none were on target because they were saving it was a defensive chess match which we all love it was a master class absolutely no i will say real quick on your point of the fan breakdown i mean yeah i think it was clearly more of like an 80 20 i i mean in my section there were you know a sprinkling of u.s fans for sure but well let's just say i definitely got some choice words thrown in my direction when mexico uh you know started with that first goal and uh when u.s scored the equalizer i kind of looked around and i'm thinking yeah, US, a USA chance probably not going to go over well right now. So, yeah, definitely with within it. But I don't know whatever do you mean. And everyone trying to harass me on Twitter to admit that that wasn't just an instant classic. It was the Continental Classico. Oh, my word. What a beautiful Max, showing. The, amusing, no, I, I, the most amusing part was the little, uh, like, remote car, the uh, little remote you know, the worst part is I'm, I'm, I, coming on to deliver the yeah. ball before the game. I do. You know me, man. I'm a sucker for that stuff. But I, I, worst part, I missed it. I missed it because I got in late. I got to my seat around a minute or two after it started. Had to get a beer, of course. But, you know, I will say this. I get it's something where the pace of play, you know, you're missing your, your top guys. It was definitely some moments. I will say that that second half, you can call what you want, suddenly picked up. And, like, that is something, if you are a U.S. fan, where the, goal, the, the uh, shot goes off the crossbar, and then they're countering 15 seconds later, putting the ball in the back of the net. I can't remember. I've seen that from the last time from the U.S. like in ages. And that was like, again, I'm putting my U.S. hat firmly on. That was exhilarating. That was a heck of a goal. Love to see it. Serginho Dest, who needs to be in the Champions League with Milan. You can just play in the Continental Classico, torch a couple fools, go into midfield, and you start that counterattack. And it was something. Yeah, it was a game. Um <laughs> It's, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if the US really deserves a draw in that game. Oh gosh! Honest. Oh and no! I felt I'm, as though I'm, I'm amazed. I felt as though there was actually a chance they get nicked at the end. But I tell you what, since Michael has mentioned it, Anthony Hudson, should we have a listen to uh, some of his post-match comments? Ooh, Let's have a listen. Are there any players in particular from this game that you'd say stepped up and really made a case for perhaps a bigger role in the national team going forward? There's probably a handful of players. Um... You know, I, I thought the subs that came on did a really good job, you know, to, to 
like implement the new sort of change of shape and and also come on and give energy and um, you know players like Alan Sonora who um, he hasn't been playing a lot for his club and I think if he had a done he probably would have played longer um, because he's someone that's you know likes to get on the ball he's comfortable getting on the ball and I think I think that's probably something tonight where um we 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 wanted more of and I, and that's something Alan Alan gives you um I was so pleased for Aidan Morris you know I, th- I thought I thought Aidan was fantastic um you know I've 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 known Aidan since he was with the 20s um and followed him ever since and he's a kid that I say kid a young man that um just keep stepping up like whatever challenge is put in front of him he's always going to step up to it he's he's a, he's a tough 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 character um so i was pleased with aiden and yeah listen there was a handful of players tonight that i thought did well yeah i mean i think uh some of the, the guys that were got brought on like you said uh senor senora um i like it i think something that I wanted to see, and I, I saw a bit more rotation from Mexico, but like, I don't need to see a lot of the same guys that were out there for the U.S. And I mean, I'm going to say his name, and I think the chat might go notch, but I know that there are a ton of Aaron Long fans in this, you know, chat, of course. But we don't need to see that, man. Like, we don't need to see it. I want to see some different depth and everything like that. Um, but no, you know, it, it's going to be interesting, especially as the new manager, whoever they may be when they come in uh, a lot of anthony hudson uh you know shouts in this chat uh you know thomas hudson goaded uh, i am seeing some jesse marsh chats i'm surprised he's not in this chat again or bob bradley maybe we get a reunion back into this chat but um yeah they, they were featuring you know in the last couple of weeks in our show we're making some nice appearances here but it's uh i don't know it's it's tough to evaluate a match like this with with kind of what you uh what you got in front of you I'll say that again. Again, it's it's in a lot of ways. It's like a, an early preseason friendly. It's useful for the coach to get players out there to get a look at them, to get the chance to work with them, to try some new things out with them. That's it. That's it. Yeah. But yeah, one other thing actually here, we do not have the video for this, but uh, there were some some comments from Juan today actually at, at training because he went to the game yesterday. Um, went out there with his family and. Uh, Based on that first half, I'm trying to work out if Juan wants his kids to hate football or not. Um, I mean, it's uh, subjecting kids to that first half is... I'm sorry, Juan shouldn't do it. Um, but he, he mentioned how it was weird. Like, it was the first time he'd ever been to a US-Mexico game. Um, and you just found it so weird that it was... It's a game in the US, and yet it's a Mexico home game, effectively. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something, actually, I, I want to touch on. And I know, Max, you wanted, you knew this was coming. You knew I was going to comment on it. I did. I, yeah. I think this needs to be made clear for those of you in the in the chat, for the US soccer com- uh, community more broadly. Yesterday is indicative of a very, very large problem in this country in terms of this game in terms of an unwillingness to create an atmosphere, in terms of an unwillingness to show up in numbers. I am not expecting to see them outdraw Mexico necessarily, but the crowd of US fans that was there yesterday was, quite frankly, pathetic. Um, I think that if Wales, for a friendly, drew the kind of numbers that I think US had in that stadium yesterday, we'd be a little bit concerned and Wales has a smaller population than the Phoenix metro area. So just just think about this. It's poor. It's poor. And I don't think there are any excuses for it. I, I am tired of hearing Americans that will be gobby on social media and yet never show up in the stands. Show up. Go and actually support your team. Um, you're supposed to be at home. You are supposed to be at home. Now, I know that there is a... Obviously, all the, the various different groups here. I know we got big Barra 76 representation in here and, and shout out to those guys, but it's it's just not good enough, I think, for a national team to 
ultimately just concede defeat effectively. And the only way that they don't concede defeat is they sit down and start analyzing demographics, which uh, that, that's just wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. Mm. The way that you do it is you show up. You actually get your fans to show up. If they're not going to show up, I'm, I'm sorry. Should... I, no, I, 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 I'm going to leave it there because otherwise I'd have a lot more words about just how poor I think it is. Oh boy. Yeah. You know, it's, um, yeah, man, I think this is something we can both talk about for a while. And I, we could do a whole I, podcast on we this. Really, we really could. Maybe that's yeah, a, as Harry that's says a, in there, opening up a can of worms. There's not enough time to go into there really, that. there really aren't. Yeah. This is, you know what we will, um, we, we can bottle this for maybe some, some off season content or something. This would be good to explore, but yeah, I week, think you hit maybe it. we got we got a couple of them. Honestly. Yeah. Something, something, but no, you, you hit it on the rising are off the weekend of the gold cup final this week, this year, rising are oh, off snap. that weekend. That's actually a nice. Transition. There we go. There you go. Maybe we'll come okay. back to that. I like that. Yeah, no, it's uh, certainly interesting, especially given the context and circumstances of, well, why this match was played and all that stuff. Um, I think, stuff like this you know to add on it's just not a quick fix there are systemic things that are definitely definitely need changing uh, and that's just putting it very lightly um yeah all I'll, I'll say this I, I will leave it at this just kind of tailing off that i'm not normally a fan of the wave in sporting events at all it's really dumb in my aspect but well, i'm not a fan of it under are, any circumstance are, so you can't I, I, you already lost uh, me here, man. if you are enthralled and you have the pleasure of being at one when Mexico is playing, then my word, that's a whole nother experience. You ride that wave like I did last night because that's a trip and they know what they're doing. But I'll leave it at that. We got a match to prepare for. Not us specifically. Rising does, of course, but we were preparing as we... Well, Max is actually going to play at left back this week, didn't you know? Sorry, I'm more, of a, I'm, I'm more of a I'm more of a false nine uh, slash number 10. But anyway, uh, you know, appreciate... The false in false up. nine is because he can't finish. But yeah, we'll leave it there. Uh, all right. Well, I'm more of a, I'm more of a, I'm more of an assist guy anyway. Pad those, pad those stats. Uh, yeah. But we appreciate everyone <laughs> joining us. Shout out to everyone in the chat um, who's always doing their thing. To the diehards. Again, if you guys want to become one, check out phnxlocker.com for all the discounts on merch, all that stuff in the Discord. You know what to do. Harry says, "Do not ever do the wave." Well, Harry, I'm gonna wave goodbye to you and wave hello to you after our match on Saturday. Hopefully, it's a hello wave after a victory but we'll see what happens again yeah man let's get some goals man we both predicted 1-1 we'll see what happens uh but hey appreciate everyone joining us like i mentioned follow us for all the content at phnx underscore underscore rising you already know we and mainly i exclusively owen is going to give you the content while he's out at san antonio for saturday's match you can follow him in the meantime at oj evans 18 you can follow me at max david simpson on twitter appreciate you guys checking out with us again follow us everything beforehand during saturday for all the content and afterwards on post game join us right back here but until then have a good one and go suns